Vet Alumni Podcast with Tech and Prem. Vet Alumni Podcast. I'm Tech. He's Prem. Music producers talking Philly sports. And we start with the firing of Joe Girardi. The writing was on the wall. I honestly thought yeah. that he would get at least half the season. I thought they'd get 80 games. I mean, I actually you, you thought know he'd what, finish though? out the year. You, you know what, though, to be honest? When you look at this team being where they're at, you know, pretty much out of the division race already, but only about five games out of the wild card. Yeah. I think upper management was looking at this like, hey, we spent all this money, we added all these guys. And, we, and we're not out of and, it yet. And they looked at why. Yeah. And his bullpen management alone probably lost them six games. Yep. You put them six in a win column, and, and you're basically holding down a playoff spot, essentially. And plus the the vibe of his culture and yeah. his post-game you know, conferences when he would talk to the media. Borderline like Doc Rivers light. Yes. You know what I mean? Very now, much so. Now, you see, Joe Girardi's a respectful guy, though. He's always respectful, yeah. but he's passive-aggressive in a weird way like Doc Rivers is. Yes. Very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So finally he's gone, and in his wake, the Phils sweep a struggling Angels team who just fired their manager, Joe Madden, after losing 12 straight. Wait, so let's get this straight. The Phillies responded to the firing of a man named Joe with three straight wins that fired another man named Joe. That's exactly what took place. That is just (laughs) mind-bending. Yeah. It's a mind-bender. And then a guy named Rob... Took over as interim manager. <laughs> What's with the three name, three letter names? It's it's tremendous. Uh, Rob Thompson. Look, I instantly like this guy. I like him too. I heard him talk on ninety four WIP yesterday. Me too. He talked with Angelo. Yeah, I like he, it. Look, here's what I like about him. He's an old school feel for the game type of guy. That's what we need. Who admitted that. He doesn't really understand analytics 100%. Good, good. I don't want him to learn exactly. analytics. Exactly. It's baseball. You see, baseball is the oldest game in the world, with the exception of like the ancient Rome gladiator sport. Yeah. You know, it's effectively like the oldest sport. Yes. When it boils down to it. You're talking about guys been playing baseball since the 1860s. Absolutely. You don't reinvent a wheel once a wheel is made. No. You play the game the way it was always played. Yes. You can get creative and blend things and have new schools of thought. That's what coaching is all about. Yeah. Look, but it has to be balanced. I hate the word analytics because really what it is is advanced stats and what they're doing with these advanced stats you know should be what they should be doing is taking them into consideration exactly but you can't write a book on it and live and die it's a piece of the pie yeah you can't live and die by it so you know what it reminds me of you know these people out here that say, oh, what sign are you? And they'll judge all your character based on what sign you Absolutely, are. Absolutely, That's yes. like the analogy for analytics yes. in baseball. Oh, that's the Sagittarius. We got to do it this way. Right. It, just, it needs it to be a blend. Because even with people, that whole sign thing is just a piece of the pie. Yeah, yes. Environmental factors, how you were raised, all those things make a person. Same yep. with coaching a baseball game. You, you stick with traditional known pillars of the sport. Yes. Just because, you know, just because, you know, it says the third time around the order, this guy hits this off a of lefties doesn't mean he right. needs to be right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, because it what, what if he's just a little more way. on than yes. he was before? You you have to take into account the human element of any Absolutely. game. And I'm look, I'll look, when it comes to analytics, if I was a, a baseball manager, I would look more at individual matchups as far as analytics go. Yeah. Between batters and hitters and hitters and batters. Yeah. That's how I would look at it. I would just really just judge my call on, all right, well, if this guy has a 175 average against uh, against this pitcher, I'm not taking that pitcher out. 
Right. That's the extent of the analytics I'd use, which is not exactly. nothing advanced. It's pretty basic shit. Pretty basic. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that's what a guy like Rob Thompson, who has the feel of the game, I think how that's how right. he's managing. Because instantly he's got Sir Anthony pitching where he should be yes, pitching. Yes, exactly. And that's simple. So that's why, that's why Girardi got fired, because... He just wasn't using the pen properly, right. and now because of it, instead of being one game back in a wild card and only six back in the division, right. you're 11 back in a division and five back in a wild card because of bullpen management. Yes. Because the offense being top 10 in every category, realistically on most good teams, would have done enough to be a winning team. Absolutely. They, even and, though they've, they've had bad games too. And Rob Thompson's comments in his introductory presser, he echoed it with Angelo where he basically said, I'm going to work the bullpen on a case-by-case situation. Exactly the way it should be That's done. That's how it should be done. Exactly the way case it should be Case-by-case basis. Yes, no That's question. It. No question. I, I think, obviously, my opinion, he's only going to be the coach for this, this year. It's a shame. But it's probably the case. But Unless I'd, they make the playoffs. What if they make a Paul West, uh, Westhall run? Was it the guy? That, <laughs> oh yeah, Paul Westfall. Yeah, yeah. Is Westfall. That, was that it? Is it? Is that was it? Westfield Westfall. The guy that took over for yeah, Jack yeah, McKinnon yeah. On, for the, on, the Lakers teams. I was yes. watching that documentary. Winning time or that phenomenal show. show. Phenomenal show. Absolutely amazingly done. But so that was a side note. You're right. Based on the coaches. Let's talk about the Bryce Harper uh, Grand Slam. It was listen. It was so awesome. I know. But I'm telling you, this is what happened. I'm watching the game. Yeah. It's 5 nothing. I go run errands. Of course. I come back. Thinking it's over. I, I, it's 5-2. I watch them go make it 6-2, and I'm sitting there going, Jesus Christ, I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it another inning. Yeah, because you're at home, and you know, you have to. The Phillies load the bases. Yeah. Reese Hoskins come up, and I swear, I say this, my girl's in the kitchen, I yell, she doesn't care about baseball, she doesn't even know what I'm talking about. Right, right. But I say out loud, Hoskins is going to strike out, watch. Now, yeah. luckily... There was one out because right. this, he took a careless swing, such a flailing swing at a nothing outside pitch. And there it is, a strikeout. I saw it coming. I knew it was coming. Strikes out a lot. Right. Harper comes up, and I don't know if it was the very first pitch or what, but he, he hit like a home run foul. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God. that was, I said, this, that was a tremendous swing. Yeah. Let him, if he can do it again, he's about to hit a grand slam. So this is a long at-bat in which I would say was one of the most masterful at-bats I've seen from anyone, let alone really Bryce Harper. Was. I mean, to go three and two in that situation and make it happen it, like it's, that. I mean, it's literally been years since I've seen such a masterful at-bat. Right. Like this. Well, Chase, Chase used to have at bats like that. But look, look how far back right. you got to go. Right, right. So now, exactly. so now, it's a full count, two outs, bases loaded, and the, the, he winds up. And right before he winds up, I'm saying to myself, he's about to hit a grand slam. Boom. And boom. I mean, it was, it was one of the greatest grand slams I've ever seen. Outside of maybe uh, Victorino's playoff grand slam. Well, that's different. Right, but. Again, look how far back you gotta go to think think about one of those huge moments. You're absolutely correct. I mean, he just has the it factor. I I really and and we we'll be able to talk some fills with Johnny Heller from Phillies Nation. Yeah, I want to pick his brain on if he thinks there's enough time left for the fills to make a move. There's a hundred games to go, Tech. Yes, you know Um, the Stott Homer 
followed that up. That was phenomenal. And Bryce said after the game, it, it, it felt like he threw some shade on, on Girardi, by the way, because he said, Stott's finally being trusted enough to play every day. He's played at every level every day, so he's used to that. And I took that as basically, Girardi didn't trust him enough to play him every day and let him get that feel going and, and let, let it let him get there. It takes that in baseball it, sometimes. Absolutely. If it's, any sport, it takes that. It's, it's, more it's, of it's, a, it's more of a rev up and go type of sport. Yes. And yeah. now with Segura pretty much done for the year. That's, I mean, That really hurts, it, man. It, they say two months, but look, this it's, it's the year. I mean, what, what's it going to come back in September? Well, I mean, if you're going to be in the hunt, yeah. Guy Maybe. Like he's, he's your best glove in the infield. I look at it like he's done for the year right now. It's only a finger. It's, it's but enough it's, to but keep it, but him it's, out. It's baseball. I mean, you gotta have your fingers. Uh, Stott will be the everyday <laughs> second baseman. Well, they also are gonna probably give Scotty. Oh uh, yeah, Scott he's, Kingery he's, is back. He's exclusively been playing second base. Uh, are you excited about his return, Prem? Uh, I'm, I'm tempering <laughs> the excitement a little bit. Well, but he's been playing second base solely in the minors. Well, it hurts that Camargo is. Camargo too. Also you lose on Camargo the and Segura, two of your best infielders. That yeah, can play all, absolutely. I mean, that really Defensively, hurts. yes, really hurts, man. It, it does. I'm not fully on board yet, though. With, with the fills. I know. I mean, you got to see, but I think the difference is going to be Thompson's management of the pen being more practical is going to be the difference. It's going to win them the games they should have been winning I need, already. I need to see a serious continued effort uh, to win games. Well, yeah, you got to get two out of three. Games. You got to get two out of three here in Milwaukee this week, yeah. and then come back and sweep uh, Arizona team that really is not that good right at home at home and then the, the schedule lightens up then your next uh eight games are all miami and washington yeah After that five in washington you got to take four or five yeah you I gotta mean, take they're yeah. gonna have to start taking two or three and three or four and they you never have five to. game series but you have right. to do it and you gotta you gotta line them up got it have to all right we'll go around the bases with uh, johnny heller on the vet line but first Brought to you by ProLine Music, everything for the musician. It's time for Vet Facts. This is a Vet Fact. Tech, you were talking a second ago about how we had to go back to like the 07, 018 for some (laughs) of the feelings that we're talking about. Yes. Like with Bryce and whatnot. Well, going back even further to when the Phillies were defending World Series champions in 1981. Wow. June 8th, 1981, they would host the Houston Astros and at that time in history Astros and Phillies were one of the hottest rivalries in baseball yes they did not like each other the no. Phillies had beat the Astros in the 80 NLCS to get to the World Series yep well on this day in 1981 the Phillies edged their rival 4-3 to three, getting 2 in the 2nd 2 in the 4th and Larry Boa driving in 3 of those runs Ooh. where the Phillies would hold on for the 4-3 victory they almost blew it they were up 4-1 and they let the Astros get two in the top of the fifth. Yeah. And made it 4-3. But then it was just four zeros to finish the game for the Phillies pen. One Dick Ruthven got the win going six <laughs> innings strong. Yes. And the Phillies beat uh, one of the be- better pitchers of that era, Don Sutton. Oh, wow. Don Sutton, who really became famous with the Angels. Yep. Was on the Astros as well, which I didn't even know that. So I look at this box score. Uh, Schmitty goes 0 for 4. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Gary Matthews 0 for 4. Doesn't wow. matter. Sarge. Doesn't matter. Bob Boone 0 for 2. Doesn't matter. Whew. But Gary Maddox. Yes. Scored two runs. Love Maddox. Same man. Maddox, so, Maddox and Boa got it done. June 8th, 1981. 31,664 fans attended the vet for an 842 start. Must have been a uh, rain delay. 
Ah, must have been. That, that would make sense. Exactly 41 years ago today. Yep. All right. OTAs began this week for the birds. Few notable things here, Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shane Steichen is now officially the offensive play caller. Yeah, and that's a continuation of how they finished a year. It last happened year. towards the end of the year, and I, I liked how he was playing, calling the plays. And now he's got more weapons to work with. They're going to be more confident with more talent. That's a very, very dangerous combo in the NFL. Right, confidence and talent. Absolutely, because the NFL, when it comes to playing offense effectively, it really a lot of it is just confidence. I I believe that you know because you got guys that came out of college playing for the Eagles right now, guys like Kavon Wallace, right that. He came in, you look at his tape, he looked like he was about to be a beast. I know. I mean, he and was on really good teams. Just low confidence yeah, on him, and he hasn't plays a gotten role. it going. It's a mental thing. I mean, look at Jalen Rager, you know, same thing. It's same a confidence thing. thing. And, you know, confidence, I look at just how confident Jalen Hurts is going to be this year taking snaps. When he when he's dropped yes. back, he's going to be a split second ahead of where he was last year, and that well, split second is all it really is going to take. Nick Sirianni said Jalen Hurts looked different in these practices, saying he can definitely see the improvement already from his offseason workouts. I'm telling you, the kid is dedicated. I and he's not. Listen, he's, there's no distractions for him. The arrow is up on him. I'm telling you right now. It really is. I, he's only going into his third season. Yes. I mean, this kid's young. I, I like it. Uh, A.J. Brown participated in a charity softball game, and he made a comment directed at Micah Parsons to the effect of, like, get ready for this. Good. Or something like, That's good. I like it. You, I was going to say, do you love yeah, it or bring, hate it? bring it back. See, A.J. Brown's new here, but he understands Philly already. Get the, get the fans excited See, about I, your biggest rival. I get embracing our culture, right? That's what he's trying to do. But I don't think we should be giving the Dallas Cowboys any bulletin board material. It doesn't matter. They've had so much bulletin board material the last 25 five years they have what two playoff wins yes it's been a lot of bulletin board material going on used by yes, the cowboys a lot oh I, we're lighting up all over the place I think, oh wait what is this i think it's about my jalen hurts comments oh, uh boy. we're dealing with some idiots it's time to go inside the delusional minds of new york giants fans delusional Podcast. All right, Tech, we're being joined on the vet line via simulcast by the guys <laughs> in New York up there in Giants Land, Clapback Sports. So, what's going on, boys? How are you? We're good. I have man. to start with the trolling. Yeah, well, you know, it, it falls right in line with the mage mindset. Yep. That is what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys aren't going to let me live down that Joe Judge comment, so I had to come out never. with some knives. What's never. You will never live it down. It's almost that time of the year, so how are we feeling about Howie? You know, we, how he had uh, about as, he had about we as good of an offseason as anybody right could now. have when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, wait, 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 what did the guy not do? What did he not that's do? That's right. What did he uh, not, what did he not this do? Is the, this is the summer. He didn't get a quarterback. Every year. Wait a minute. Did a Giants fan just hold on? Did a Giants fan just say that the Eagles need a quarterback? Wait, who really needs a quarterback? Which team? Or which team has ran with Daniel Jones now for you five years? You put these years. two quarterbacks in front of me. I'll tell you whose arrow is pointing <laughs> up, guys. Let's be <laughs> honest. Come on. Well, yeah, your backups. 
I mean, the delusion oh, is just listen, so permeated through your system. Gardner Minshew is the best quarterback on that roster. <laughs> Gardner Minshew is 100%. Gardner <laughs> Minshew is better lost. than your quarterback. Gardner Minshew is better than your quarterback. You guys are lost. Our backup is better than your starter, and we need the quarterback? So, all right, here we go. Let's we're review. a quarterback factory, Yes, Yes, yeah, the question, so I'll answer it objectively. We, we as were going to go down this road. As, so if, as if I'm not even an Eagles fan. We'll, we'll address this as if I'm not even Eagles, an Eagles fan, right? Just a football fan, period. You look at what the Eagles actually did. So you're coming off a nine-win season. Obviously, nobody expected us to go to the playoffs to begin the season. Right. Most people didn't. We do. You go into the offseason with that experience, you still have you had a first year coach combo with a quarterback that has that experience under their belt, and you add a top five receiver in the world, number yes. one. You add a Pro Bowl edge rusher. Yes. You draft arguably a top three talent at linebacker out of the draft yes. in the third round. You steal him. You get Fletcher Cox's replacement. You get Jason Kelsey's replacement in the draft. You add a piece that you didn't even necessarily have to do, but you did it anyway because you were weak at CB2, so you add CB2 that is an improvement from Steven Nelson. Absolutely. And you add Kaiser White, another linebacker from the Chargers. You got good at every single level of the team except for safety. Yeah, except I mean, for safety. Objectively, that's what happened. Yes. So yes. you go from that, nine wins to that. You know, you're gonna you're gonna win two games just in the fact that AJ Brown is gonna convert a third down late in the fourth quarter that you never would have converted without him on your team. That's gonna happen Prem. multiple times. I, it, you said uh, Pro Bowl edge rusher. Just remind me, who did the uh, Eagles get? Uh, Hassan Reddick. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, I know it sucks, doesn't it, guys? Yeah. guys so wait, know, AJ yeah. Brown is. Uh, I'm still not. I'm, I'm still not sold on Hassan Reddick. I mean, it, it, the guy's done a lot in terms of sack production, but he's only done it over the last two years. Well, so. we, we haven't and had well, a linebacker I, I, since I, I, Jeremiah Trotter, though. Yeah, so, like you, we're, we're going, we're going <laughs> from the linebackers gonna, we've had. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and I, I know I give you guys a lot of shit, but the, the Eagles really did have a really good offseason. But Thank the you. Eagles still have the Eagles still have a lot of question marks in terms of it, again, just like the Giants. Right? We could po- we could point for less question cards, marks than the Giants. The, the, less question marks. The, quarter, the quarterback play it, that's still going to be a question mark too. Now, well, for both teams, for the Giants teams, as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying this. I'm not trying to control you here. Uh, the quarterback play, and then also too, what is Miles Sanders going to be this year? Miles Sanders was supposed to be his breakout stud. You guys, I mean, the best running back on the roster has been Boston Scott. Yeah, Boston Scott's amazing. Yeah, you're here's not the, wrong. Here's you're the not thing, wrong. Mage. A couple years ago, when you drafted a guy like Miles Sanders, you're thinking, okay, maybe they drafted a a bell cow type, a top tier running back. Yeah, he, and you're hoping, he isn't that. No, he's not. But you know what? On this roster, the way it's constructed right now, with guys like Kenny Gainwell and, like you said, Mage Boston Scott, he doesn't have to be a lead back of any caliber. But he's still a home run hitter. He's still going to probably play hard because he's not getting another contract from the Eagles. So he's going into a contract year where he's going to hustle a little more, so he gets paid in the off season, and he can just be a piece he just has to be a piece he doesn't have to be it yes just like all the other pieces on this offense they're just a piece you know you have three high-end receiving options now when you yep. look at aj brown Devonte smith and dallas goddard you have a solid one two three receiving option you have uh, a solid slot corner on the defensive side with Devonte yeah. maddox you have a lot of fringe players that are in the right spots um the question is just going to become how good is the safety play going to be and can the offensive line hold up because if it does it's an elite offensive line yeah, and obviously Jalen Hurts I, I, as well. I mean, there's right. no, there's well, no, that's there's the no doubt. If he yeah. just if he just improves on reading defenses, just 
10% yeah, he needs more. to be a little more consent, of course, uh, of consistent course. on hitting those throws. Going hitting, into hitting. his third year, I mean, yeah, his he, second year starting, you know, the guy, the guy is gonna, he's gonna improve. He's not gonna stay just like this. He's gonna improve. Yeah. I, again, how do you agree that the Eagles did overachieve last year? Though it's a tough one. I, nine, we, I had nine wins on your show last year. I said nine wins before the season started. Yes, you did. So I, I think we pretty I much surprised. did what I expected. I was surprised. Yeah, I mean, I understand why you would be. You know, our schedule was pretty brutal for a minute there, though. Yeah. And they easily well, could I have been an 11 really, team. I didn't even believe in Sirianni. Would you shut the fuck up and let him answer? Fuck <laughs> 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 <It's all laughs> I didn't believe in Sirianni, man. I, I, I fried y'all on Sirianni. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a young, he's a young coach. He's under 40 years old. But the league's been trending that way with the young guys. Yeah. You know, uh, but uh, he's going to improve too. He's not even calling the plays though. Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, who took over midway through the year last year, and the offense was noticeably better when he took over the play calling. Yes. He's going to be calling that's, the plays. That's when he started going off on the ground, right? Pretty much, I, I think. Yeah, um, and, you know, and again, uh, it's it's worth noting that you know Jalen Hurts last year had a better year on the ground than uh, Mike Vick ever had in his entire career. I didn't realize that until I read that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he put up numbers comparable to, like, what Lamar Jackson was putting He's up. He's just got to improve his accuracy, and we've got some. But when you got a guy like Brown now that's going to catch probably 25% more of the uh, of the questionable throws than other guys are going to catch, yeah. his, his completion percentage by virtue of having that as your A receiver is, is just going to go up. Um, you know, another guy though that has to stay healthy for the Eagles. Well, that's true. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's that's crucial. Friend. That's crucial. Do you, think, do you really, you really, honestly think in your deranged Philadelphia brain oh. that AJ Brown is a top five receiver in the league? Like, absolutely. Well, when you look at when you look at yards after catch, to be fair, they also think Darius Slay is a top five cornerback in the league. So look, we can we can everybody, we can bicker over. Here's the thing. Here's the Everybody thing. You can bicker over where he is. No, no, no. You can bicker over where AJ Brown record, is. But I the, think AJ Brown and Darius Slay are top ten players at their position. Yeah, that's fair. But I when it comes to five. when it comes to yards after catch, only Debo Samuel right now in the NFL yeah. is better after the catch. And that, that's, when you that have third and four, third and five, those plays are not getting converted when you don't have a guy like Brown running a slant and you got a guy like. Uh, Greg Ward running a slant, for example. <laughs> these these make a difference, and it's the hidden yardage in the game that he's going to get after the catch. It's just true. When you look at his yards after the catch numbers, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, and that's something that's been lacking for us since we had a guy named T.O. Yeah. Honestly. So you got to look at that, and it's just true. In the fourth quarter, he's a go he's going to be a go-to guy. When we weren't converting those third downs last year, we were losing games by one score, a lot of games by one score. Those games won't be losses as frequently with a target like that that can be your go-to. That's what I'm getting at with A.J. Brown. Yeah. I, I, I hear Hurts. I hear Gainwell. I hear Devonta Smith. I hear A.J. Brown. Uh, no mention of Jalen Rager. Why not? <laughs> well, you don't really have to. I, I mean, it's just true. You don't have to. Now, while while it was another uh, failed first round pick, yeah, which you know, there's a handful of those. Yes, in there Hallie's, are. There Hallie's are plenty. Slate. It's true. While he was now with the addition of Brown, you still have Greg Ward on your roster. You still got a burner like Quez Watkins. Rager just probably is going to be your punt returner, and maybe he'll get a few looks. He's the worst returner I've ever seen, <laughs> ever. But gentlemen, enough about the birds. We've been talking about the so birds. How how Howie Roseman wised up and said, "I'm just going to start trading my draft picks since I'm no good at picking them." 
to and an ex- yeah, to an extent. Bona fide studs. Well, whatever whatever his thought process was, I mean, he really has only really had issues with the what are supposed to be slam dunk picks. Because, yeah, he's corrected. He's admitted that those were mistakes by the moves that he made. Right, right, right. But you still you ended up stealing Landon Dickerson last year. Yep. You ended up stealing the Kobe Dean this year. A few years ago, you stole your left tackle with the future Jordan Mailata in the seventh yes. round. There's a lot of picks he's had that are overshadowed by his critics um, by the the moves that didn't work. Yeah, not getting DK Metcalf, not getting Justin Jefferson. Meanwhile, meanwhile, 30 teams passed on DK Metcalf. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, Howie's clearly a top 10 GM, and he cemented that this offseason, but... What about the Giants, one guys? Like, wait, point. where where are you guys about the Giants? Like, where are you at with your team oh, right now? What one do you last really point think? about the Eagles. One last point about the Eagles, <laughs> real quick, and I'll, I'll I'll answer your question about the uh, Giants. And I don't mean this to troll, I don't. But the Giants had a really good season under a guy by the name of Ben McAdoo, who supposedly a giant. Well, actually, the Giants gave him the head coaching position and keep him away from the Eagles. So I know you guys are excited about Nick Sirianni, but I want to see it a second season. It could just certainly be one of those one-and-done uh, guys. So, um, as far as the Giants go, if we, if we, I'll keep it there with the coaching carousel. I, I, in terms of a roster, I think that we're not quite there yet in terms of being able to compete with, let's say, the Eagles. I do think that a lot of things are coming into place. The thing that I was most excited about is the coaching staff that the Giants put together along with the GM. And you kind of saw uh, Brian Dable and Joe Shane at the Rangers game, and they're there, they're together, they're cheering it on. And then, you know, the, the crowd erupted for Dable, and then they went even louder for Joe Shane. Like, I like where this team is heading. It seems like that they finally got the front office fixed under John Mara, who refused to relinquish any control seems like he finally wised up. Uh, thankfully, he didn't give Joe Judge a 20-year deal that I wanted. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, he wised up. He gave he relinquished control to a guy that seemingly knows what he's doing that's liked around the league in Joe Shane. Brian Dable was the guy that I wanted in the event that we got rid of Joe Judge, and I think that worked out well. Then we got Tierney, who came over from Buffalo. We got Kafka, who's going to end up calling the plays from yeah. Kansas City. Right. And then we got Wink Martindale. Who, I mean, honestly, it just held that Ravens defense together for so long. True. Last year wasn't that great because, you know, he, he had his secondary is completely depleted. But when I created the Giants offseason, I think the best thing that we did came in terms of the assembling the coaching staff. It's not even the players. And the Giants had no money this year to really dabble into, into free agency. But I think that we finally got the right front office staff in place, and we finally got the right generals on the field in place. Yeah, well, I mean, you would hope so. It's been a tough go uh, yeah. as far as like making the playoffs. How, would you say that if Daniel Jones obviously doesn't perform this year delivering eight wins, eight and nine, which would be an improvement? Especially with the new coaching staff here. Yeah, well, will, will he be there? Well, I mean, how, how many wins does Daniel Jones need for you for him to remain the guy? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the her probably seven eight is that that good benchmark. I mean, but we're looking at us us fans, at least my guys here, I think we're looking more at Daniel's development himself than what this team is gonna be. Cause I mean, I'm a little bit more down on them, but I don't really expect many wins. But I need Daniel to be throwing 
for, you know, probably over 27 TDs. If Daniel Jones, if Daniel Jones throws for close to 4,000 yards, over 30 touchdowns, we'll give him a two to one ratio. Let's say 30 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. And that they still end up somewhere near the middle of the pack. But let's say that the offense goes from being 25th to let's say even top 10, that's going to be a drastic improvement. I think that's going to be a point to possibly keep Daniel Jones around. Because again, the wins I don't know how many of that they're going to get, and I know that the quarterback gets a blame for the wins. But it, it, this is just a, this is a developing team. I think what we really want to see for so many the last two years under Joe Judge, it's been the defense that's really kept us together, and the offense has really been more to blame. So I think we could be looking at an uptick in offensive production this year, with a downtick in defensive production. What's up, CJ? What I think is, and I look at Jones this way, I think anyone who's a reasonable Giants fan is looking at seven to eight wins. That would be kind of what you're looking at. What I think will solidify Jones going forward to Giants is he has to raise the team up, meaning which the Giants need to win, like, in my mind, 10 games, make the playoffs, you know, maybe win the first round. It's, it's a tough schedule, boys. That's a tough schedule. schedule. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just being I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm just talking about the New York fan base here. You know, the New York fan base is pretty much given up on Jones a lot yeah, of it. Yeah. And unless he can raise the play of the rest of the team this season, and I do agree a two to one ratio, 35 touchdown, 15, 10 to 15 interceptions would be really good. But I'm looking more at can he be the franchise quarterback going forward? Can he raise this team up? to win some games that we haven't won in the past. You know, I mean, I give you guys a ton of credit. You know, you kicked our asses for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, ever since we won the Super Bowl. I mean, you've you've been beating us consistently. We need to win our divisional games. And in order to do that, we need a quarterback who's going to transcend us and bring us up. And to this point, unfortunately, Jones has not been able to do that. I believe you know, me as, as a as a Giants fan, I believe a lot of that was because the last two seasons, it's been because of scheme. You know, the Garrett scheme, it was not catered to his strengths. And we're going to see. We're going to see really quickly. But to answer your question, I think if Jones is the future quarterback, he has to raise his play and he has to bring the team along with him. Yes. And to piggyback off that, Absolutely. For CG, like the fan base, is already, he's already lost them. He's lost, not necessarily <laughs> us sitting here right now, but like, He's lost the Giants fan base, in my opinion, the majority of it. Um, it sucks, and it's not fully his fault, but that's just kind of how it is. So, like CG was saying, like if he's not doing well by week four, like they're going to be out with the pitchforks for sure. Oh, no question. But, I mean, the um, fact that it's going a half a decade. Speaking of the division real quick, where, where do you guys envision the Giants finishing? I mean, ahead of Washington or... And the bottom. You I said do seven, think eight, we're a so. better roster than Washington. Yeah, I think okay. the Giants probably finished third in the division ahead of Washington. And then it's going to be between you and the Cowboys battling now for the first place. I, I agree. actually right, think yeah. you guys win a division. I, I actually do. Um, it's an easy schedule. We have a very easy back. schedule. We definitely have a simple schedule when it comes down we to We say it. that. Well, and then, it's, yeah, it's, it's ironic, right. but, did you see, but did you see the strength of uh, schedule? It came out maybe two months ago. The NFC East is literally like 26, 27, 28, and like 29th in terms of it's like the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, and then the Redskins or something like that. Like 
We are literally like one right after the other. In the terms worst of division of in football. Back to back to back, yeah. to back. Yeah, well, you know what? There's an old saying in football that's always held true is you play who's on the schedule. And then you hope when you get to the playoffs that you have enough to beat a team maybe that wasn't on your schedule that's upper echelon. But, I mean, that's football. Just you know? the schedules. The strength of schedule is such bullshit anyway because True. it's based on last season's uh, right, uh, records. Right. As if teams haven't improved in the offseason, may not have changed coaching staffs. So it, it doesn't really matter anyway. Honestly, it means very little. So to your point, Brem, you got to beat the team that's on your schedule. You got to beat the team in front of you. Yes. I will say, though, the NFC East does have a golden opportunity right now. Because in my opinion, the NFC period is pretty down with obviously the exception of the top heavy teams. But right. there's a golden opportunity there for an NFC East team to really like take a throne right now. Oh, Seahawks got weaker with the trade of Russell West, uh, Wilson. Oh, big yeah, time. I mean, I mean the, the whole conference big... got weaker. The whole yeah. conference got weaker, really. Yeah, well, yeah. Packers lost Devontae Adams as well. But it, again, Aaron Rodgers, it. it I know yeah, losing amazing. Devontae Adams is big, but I, it seems to, no matter you, who you put in there, though, he'll create another wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. yeah, DG could play That's wide receiver sure. with him throwing the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could. <laughs> <laughs> DG, is, DG is a tight end, so. Definitely. Very, right, very so, tight um, end. I'm more in the territory of uh, free safety one, man. I'm 6'1", Giants can win six games this year. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. Go fuck yourselves. Take care. <laughs> Later, gentlemen. <laughs> All right. It's time to go around the bases with Johnny Heller next. Pro line music. Pro line music. Located at 490 Lincoln Highway in Fairless Hills, PA. Pro-Line Music. Everything for the musician, carrying all major brands. You find a better price, we'll beat it. Offering lessons in person or virtual. On-site repair service center, rentals, recording studio. Pro-Line Music. Call 215-736-8055. One more time. 215-736-8055. Yes, sir. Pro-Line Music. Pro-Line Music. Everything for the musician. Yeah, you know what time it is. We're talking about the fightings here. The fightings. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. It's time to go around the bases on the Vet Alumni Podcast. Oh my God. It's a right. Joined now on the vet line by Johnny Heller, contributor for Phillies Nation, and one of the best Phillies Twitter stats guys uh, that I can recall. Yeah. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited to to talk about some Phillies baseball. Yeah, same here, man. Uh, and we love Phillies Nation. We've had Tim on with us a couple times. Oh yeah. Um, you guys just have amazing content, and the way that the team is covered is thorough. Uh, so with that said. 
we are lacking in the relief pitching department yet again. Uh, would you agree that that has been the sole reason for the record uh, not being six games over 500 as opposed to where they sit now? You know, I, I don't know if it's the sole reason. I think uh, when you look at who what has gone right and what has gone wrong, I think it's probably the biggest area that, that things have gone wrong. But, like, you, you can also look at the the lineup hasn't really performed. Um, you know, obviously the last four games they, they, they've really shown up, but outside of Bryce Harper and you could, you could really tell when, when he was hurt for, for a little while, like they, they have not scored the way they're supposed to. And, and that, that has hurt them quite a bit. And obviously, you know, I think the bullpen still is probably the biggest, biggest thing that's held them back. But, um, you know, I think there, there's some blame to go around. Yeah. I see the fact that it's hard for us to win the games like three to two, uh, four to three, two to one. The Phillies don't really win games like that. Whereas the great teams in the league, even teams like the Dodgers or the Astros, they have games where their offense isn't on, and you have to win two to one. You have to win three to one. Whatever it is, to me, that's been the significant uh, reason for the Phillies situation. Now, what do you think it's going to take for them to be buyers at the deadline? What kind of uh, run between now and the deadline do you think yeah. they have to make for the front office to go that way? Exactly. Well, I think, I think, uh, you know, you, a big consideration here is, is I guess there's a couple things, right? There's a third wildcard team. So there's, you have a, a, a bit more of a chance to get into the playoffs and, and it's, there's no more one, one game wildcard game. I think that that has scared some teams off in recent years yeah. in buying because you can go all in and then you can, you know, lose one game and it's over. Um, so that's a big consideration. The other thing, um, is that they really like really went all in this off season. So I think they're going to have to be pretty like, like, uh, what's the word? Like pretty considerably out of it um, at the deadline yeah, for them to right. be sellers, and and even just to stand pat, it's going to have to be definitive that they are not contending. And and I think you know you look at the the, the last few you, the last few trade deadlines, even last year's trade deadline, they haven't made any huge splashes at the deadline. Like last year, I know they 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 obviously acquired Kyle Gibson, um, far from you know one of the the better one of the best players acquired at the deadline like obviously he was a, a helpful piece but they, they parted with with uh spencer howard and and all of that but they haven't really made a huge splash and, and that's the kind of thing dave dombrowski will do so i think if they're if they're hanging around if they're even if they're like five games out of the third wildcard spot it's hard to imagine that that uh you know in, in a world where dave dombrowski could convince John Middleton to go into the luxury tax when he never has before. <laughs> right. It's it's hard to imagine that they they he wouldn't also push for them to to go all in because you know you look at the roster and 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 again they they went all in the season and you know guys are aging. Um, you know I think I think the the biggest examples are are like JT Realmuto and, and Zach Wheeler. They're I think the oldest in the in the current core, and obviously right. Romero's a catcher. He's going to age quicker. Wheeler's had his injuries, and then you look at you know Harper's elbow trouble this year. You just you just don't know how long this core is going to you know be healthy and as productive as they are right now. So so I I, I would be surprised um, unless they're really firmly out of it that, yeah, they, that yeah. they don't go for it. Well, to follow that up, who, who do you put on the trade block if if the Phillies are in it to the extent where they make a move? Who who is on the trade block on this team? Um, it's a good question. I don't know. You know, I, I think they have, for the first time in a little while, have uh, 
prospects who aren't major league ready who are really valuable. I think the you know Andrew Painter and, and Mick Abel are probably two of the uh, top ten, top fifteen pitching prospects in baseball. Um, so I don't know, you know, on the major league roster, I don't know who would get moved. Um, but I, I do think they have the ammo in the minors, and and, and while they're still thin, um, you know, throughout the system, I think they have those types of pieces that could could be the headliners. And then, you know, you, you figure out ways to to fill in, fill out the rest of trades. I don't think they're not going to trade anyone who who's helping the team now. Um, Unless it's 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 for a significant upgrade, like let's say let's say Alec Bohm is is you know because he he struggled lately. Let's say he he turns it around and he's he's playing well, but they can trade him and a prospect to I don't even have a name off the top of my head, but to to make a a, a big upgrade at third base, like I could see them doing something like that. But um, yeah, that, I think that's that's all I got there. All right, uh, Joe Madden. He was just fired by the Angels. We've wow. heard everyone talk about him being the Phillies manager since Gabe Kapler was fired. Oh, boy. Uh, Johnny, are you at all interested in Joe Madden, or or could Rob Thompson possibly be the guy? Yeah, I'm not not interested in, in Madden in Same. the slightest. Same. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's just, part of it is, like, I think I think he, you know, he was cool in, like, 2008 when he was with the Rays, and, and he was, you know, a new age guy. Now it's like, he's kind of war is welcome, and, and he, you know, like, L.A. was a disaster for him. Um, not interested. Uh, I don't know if Thompson's the guy. It's been a pretty good start. Uh, it'd be great. You know, if, if he's the guy, like, if he's still the manager in 2023, it probably means they made the playoffs in 2022, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I think everyone would love to see him as the guy. But uh, I don't know. I mean, like, otherwise, I don't, I don't know. Everyone loves to just throw out, like... <laughs> Yeah. Basically, anyone who ever played for the Phillies in like 2008 as a as a potential manager, you know, everyone's always like, "Oh, what about Jimmy Rollins? Can't he manage?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't see why not. But 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 again, you know, I, yeah. I, I think J Roll, J Roll, yeah. he could be there. Chase Utley, well, well, get him into managing. <laughs> nah, Chase, I think Chase Utley is at this point pretty firmly a Dodger, which is it's sad to see, but he's. He's yeah. such an LA guy now. He's a, he was a Cali guy to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Scott Kingery is back. Sure and, is. And look, I know he's only here to fill the room in Quinn role, but could he return to being that player that got that big contract? I. It's. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't even know. I, I No, I don't think so. I, I would be shocked. He, I would agree. In, in 16 games. Uh, in Triple A this season, he's hit 185. Uh, he oh. hasn't shown anything since, gosh, no. what June of 2018. Yeah, he stinks. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he's. Uh, oh, I guess that was 2019, but still, that's that's three years ago, and and he like after he had COVID and you know injuries and all of it, but like his swing clearly left him and and you know no one's i don't think anyone's fixed it yet and no and, uh, yeah he, after uh, after he had that hot start a few years ago he got injured and he's never been the same never yep and yep. i was at the game he was injured at 
And he was having a good game. I remember that. And I was thinking, oh, Scott will bounce back, you know. They gambled on the contract, but they gambled the wrong direction. Yep. You know, and it yep. happens. It happens. Yeah, and and think about it. You know, they're it's $6 million against the luxury tax, which is it's pretty small potatoes compared to right. like, what if it was $6 million against the luxury tax and he was an all-star, you know. So I think it's a risk worth taking if you believe in the guy. It just didn't work out in this instance. Yeah, definitely. Now, I think this team with over 100 games to go and the schedule lightening up pretty significantly after we leave Milwaukee this week, I think this team, because of the expanded playoffs, has a very good shot to get in. I mean, they sit four and a half games back uh, of that third spot right now, and the wild card is what you got to aim for. Yeah. Do you do you agree, John? Do you think they have enough uh, time uh, with 100-something games to go and uh, the right guys in there to, to get this right and win enough to steal that last spot it's probably going to take like 86 87 wins you think to get that spot yeah yeah i think i think there's there's plenty of time for them to to turn things around um you know you look at who stands in their way right now right so there's the assuming the mets have have kind of run away with the division right right um you know they're they're tied with the diamondbacks and we see them soon we see them at the end of the week yeah the the braves are are ahead of them and then those three spots are held by the padres who had an absolute collapse last year so yeah. who knows the cardinals who i don't think are 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 that good um and the giants so like they're they're just they're just it's muddy it's very are, muddy yeah it's very muddy. yeah it's it's it, it's <laughs> going to be close you know it, it could come down to the final weekend who knows you know they might yeah. not even be in it, but, but they they very well could be and uh like you said plenty of time it's so early it, it's crazy when you look back you know, like in in twenty what twenty nineteen, the the Nationals were nineteen and thirty three in last place in the NL East, and then what happened? They and won they, the World yeah, Series. Yeah, I mean, it like, happens in baseball. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's a, there's just enough games for it to happen. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that they're going to make a nice push here uh, through July uh, and August, and I feel like we're going to. Well, be I'm in not a confident. No, I am. I think I've seen enough from from uh, our stars to this point to know that in clutch clutch moments, Bryce is usually going to deliver, and he is going to deliver. I can't yeah, say yeah. the same for the rest of these guys, especially Reese Hoskins. Well, I you know what though, Schwarber after starting off really bad, he's actually if you look at his average. What's he Betting two hundred finally. Well, yeah, but if you if you just take take April out and just look at May to now, it's more like two seventy, two eighty something because he was just ice cold. Yeah. in April. Yeah, um, and he's he's not gonna. You know, he's been hitting home runs. I I, I think I agree that needs to see more out of guys not named Bryce Harper. Yep. Um, like Cassianos was great in April, and then what happened in May? I know oh, he very, very much fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Real Muto, he's he was he was another guy who was ice cold. He's he started to turn it on. Yeah, he's really, he'll, he'll come around. He'll, he's a he's yeah. a hitter. He's a good hitter. He's just a good pure hitter. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I think the the biggest bright spot for the team has been the the rotation. Um, yeah, it has been despite, pretty good. Despite you know Ranger Suarez has taken a pretty big step back, but but you you look at the 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 rest of the guys and, and there are four guys who have kind of done what the Phillies need them to do i, I think Aaron Nola after having a, a really tough start to the season has has turned it around and, yeah yeah uh, i mean he was tied for the league league in strikeouts for a while there yeah yeah and and Zach, kind of similar to Zach Wheeler like tough start of the season was coming off an injury and and was was kind of slow to get back and and now it's like all right this is a guy who could Contend for the Cy Young again. So yeah, you're seeing um, it, and with pitching, it, it takes a little time sometimes to come yeah, around pitching. Yep. 
Um, for, for our sure. listeners, we've been on the line with Johnny Heller. Find him on Twitter, J-O-N-N-Y. Johnny with no H, Tech. Yep. And Heller, H-E-L-L-E-R. Again, a contributor for Phillies Nation. Make sure you follow him and check out his work. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, we appreciate you talking Phils with us, and maybe we'll have uh, something to talk about in October. Great, yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's time for Prem's Picks. These games are a blowout, a human lot. You can bet your children's unborn children on these games. Prem's MLB Picks. How'd we do? Well, Tech, another two in one week. Two in one. And now two weeks in a row I've missed going three and oh yep. by one run. <laughs> That's not ridiculous or what? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm eight and seven. I very easily could be uh ten and five. Yep. But I'm eight and seven. The White Sox beat the Red Sox in Chicago like I predicted, three to one. The Giants beat the Mets like I predicted in San Francisco, yep. nine to three. And the Brewers beat the Padres. I had the Padres winning. By a score of two to one. Yeah, you're still above 500, you know, and that's that's still money. Floating in baseball, I'm floating right now, and I got three locks for you this week. Locks. Couple good ones here. I rarely pick the tough games between the two winning teams. That's a tough one to pick. Yeah. However, the Yankees are visiting the Twins at 7:40 this evening. Yeah. Twins are a quality baseball team this year. Um, however, the Yankees are trotting out pitcher Nestor Cortez with a 5-1 record, a 1.50 ERA, mm. 68 strikeouts, a .87 whip. I mean, this guy's been lights out. Uh, the Twins counter with Chris Archer, who's not a bad pitcher. But I like the Yankees to handle business. In fact, I do too. they are 29-10 against the Twins yeah. since <laughs> 2015. There you go. Yankees in Minnesota to get the W. Lock. Lock. Keeping it in the AL East, the Blue Jays go to the Royals' home field in Kansas City. Yeah, uh, the Royals are 17 and 36. Um, Blue Jays are contenders for a playoff spot. Uh, this is one of those games where what you expect to happen will happen. <laughs> I like the Blue Jays to go in there and just basically uh, hit it all over the ballpark against pitcher Brady Singer <laughs> of the Royals with a 4.15 ERA, nothing special. Um, give me the Blue Jays and their big bats in Kansas City. Lock. Lock. Last pick of this trifecta tech. The Guardians have been up and down. They started out really hot. God, I hate that name. I know. It's hard to oh, get used it's, to. It's just as bad as the Commanders. The two worst names. I know. Oh. I know. And they're a mediocre team hosting another mediocre team, the Texas right. Rangers. However, I like the Guardians to handle business at home. You have Connor Pilkington on the mound. <laughs> and it's 2.65 ERA. Um, the Rangers are just very up and down. Cleveland plays pretty well at home. They actually have the 10th best average in all of baseball as a team. Texas, believe it or not, does hit a lot of home runs, though. They have the 10th most home runs in all of baseball. But I like the Guardians to handle business at home. They've won three of their last four. The Rangers have dropped three of their last four. Give me Cleveland at home. Lock. Lock. So to recap, we got the Guardians at home to handle business against the visiting Rangers. Lock. The Yankees to go on the road and win in a tough place to win this year in Minnesota to beat the Twins. Lock. And the Blue Jays on the road with their big bats in Kansas City beating the Royals. This <laughs> has been Prem's MLB Picks. See you next week. Vet alumni.